Welcome to Medical Mystery Cases, Short Tales to Ponder, Puzzling Histories, Confounding Symptoms and Strange Findings Lead to Diagnosis Bewilderment. Tune in for a few minutes and test your skills. My patient came in sick and sobbing. She was familiar. She had visited my clinic a couple of times because of her asthma. We would adjust her inhaler when the pollen count spiked. I hadn't seen her in a while. She was 22 years old, just graduated from the university, worked as a camp counselor over the summer in Estes Park, and had returned to Boulder to start a job as a preschool teacher. In the exam room, she told me she had to leave school yesterday because she was so exhausted and said she could hardly drive herself home. I'm so scared they will fire me. I just started this job last week and I'm already out sick. She said her supervisor was not happy with her. The preschool didn't have a standard COVID protocol for employees and she was terrified she would be let go. Last week, I got a sore throat, then a cough. I just kept coughing and can't catch my breath. (coughs) I haven't had my COVID booster yet, but I did get the two Pfizer shots. I went to Walmart and got a COVID-19 test. It was negative, so I figured I could still teach as long as I wore a mask, just in case. That day in the clinic, she had a fever of 99.8. I had been seeing a lot of the Omicron variant. She had all the symptoms, sore throat, cough, fever, fatigue. We did a nasal swab and sent off a test for SARS-CoV-2 and told her to take ibuprofen for the fever, drink lots of fluids, and get some rest. Take her temperature. I urged her to take a few days off. I can't do that. We are short-staffed right now, and my substitute can't come in for the rest of the week. I told my supervisor she could count on me to come in tomorrow. They can't deal with that many angry parents if we don't have a teacher for the kids. We told her we would have the COVID test results later the following afternoon and my office would call her. Hi, Emily. This is Carol, the nurse from Pinebrook Clinic. The results of your COVID test came back uh, negative. Sometimes it's difficult to catch a positive. The variants have different pathologies and timelines. How are you feeling today? Well, my fever is now 101. (laughs) I'm so tired. I just got home. It was all I could do to be there at 7 a.m. this morning and work until 3. I'm trying to stay six feet away, but it's hard. They keep wanting hugs. Doctor wants you to come in for a repeat COVID test. Can you stop in tomorrow? Yes, I can come over my lunch break. I'm going to bed now. Thank you. The second PCR test came back negative again. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. This quote is usually attributed to Einstein, even though he never said it. Regardless of who said it, I needed to rethink my approach. My first attending told me to always remember to check the obvious first. All that is respiratory is not necessarily SARS-CoV-2. Before 2020, we would never have checked for coronavirus. We've been focused on catching patients in the early stages of COVID. 
Prior to the COVID pandemic, what would I have considered for a teacher in a preschool setting with lasting respiratory symptoms? I would have considered another culprit, respiratory syncytial virus, RSV. Most adults who get an RSV infection only have mild symptoms. They are usually better in a week or two. Unfortunately, serious infections can occur in at-risk patients, someone with a history of chronic asthma. They can develop bronchiolitis or pneumonia and may need to be hospitalized. Other patients at risk for RSV are infants, children, and the elderly. We ask a return to the clinic for an RSV test. You want me to come back again? By now, she was experiencing chest pain, a stiff neck, earache, and chills. Auscultation of her lungs revealed left-sided wheezing and crackling. I ordered a chest x-ray. The x-ray showed left lower lobe opacity, so we collected some sputum to test for pneumococcal infection. We sent the nasal swab over to the health department as they offered rapid molecular testing. She tested positive for RSV and the checks x-ray indicated bacterial pneumonia. We treated her empirically with antibiotics since we had to wait for the sputum culture. We explained that RSV can be very serious in young children and she agreed to stay home until she felt better and her fever was gone. There are no specific antivirals for RSV, so we recommended over-the-counter meds to reduce fever and pain. I urged her to drink lots of fluid to prevent dehydration. I wrote a note to give to her supervisor outlining the situation. In a week, she was up and about and feeling better. The antibiotics had helped her pneumonia and she was breathing without pain. We retested her for RSV and she was negative, so we gave her the go-ahead to return to work. RSV can be prevented using the same strategies as for COVID. Wear a mask when indoors, wash hands frequently, avoid close contact with sick individuals, and stay home if you don't feel well. There should be no shame in being sick. Whether it's COVID, RSV, or the flu, early isolation, detection, and treatment will stop the spread to others and reduce the sick time to those affected. Our teacher returned to the preschool and educated the staff about prevention protocols using some materials we gave her. They listened. Turns out several kids called in sick with respiratory symptoms the same week as our teacher. They all tested negative for COVID, but two kids were indeed positive for RSV. Our teacher and the parents of the other students were not notified they were exposed to someone with a positive RSV test. Small children have no concept of social distancing, and they feel no remorse when they cough in your face. We didn't have specific COVID policies in place. Parents didn't like masks. They said they scared their kids, and some people cited news articles that said teachers wearing masks could have negative effects on language development. Our staff didn't like masks because they were hot and uncomfortable. Not wanting to lose students or staff, we thought about using clear face shields, which was initially the CDC guidelines, but then the guidelines changed to face shields and masks, and then they dropped face shields. Everything keeps changing, and we're trying to do the best we can. We do extra cleaning, and we teach our kids how to wash their hands and sneeze in their elbows, but it seems like we aren't doing enough. 
After one of our teachers got RSV, I made the decision to update the sick policies. RSV can run rampant in preschools and children can get very sick. Instituting sick policies that can prevent all respiratory viruses will benefit the health of our students and staff. Students and staff were instructed to stay home when sick to prevent the spread of the disease. We instituted paid sick leave for sick and exposed staff members. We required all adults to wear masks and incentivized COVID and flu vaccinations by awarding gift cards to fully vaccinated staff. We continued to teach our kids the importance of hand washing and giving each other personal space. We asked our cleaning staff to wipe down all high-activity touch surfaces such as doorknobs, tabletops, chairs, and sink handles on a nightly basis and to wipe down tables and chairs before snack and lunchtime. It is extra work. The masks aren't popular, but we would rather prevent an outbreak than experience one and have to deal with the fallout. Since the changes, our staff and students have been healthier. We have fewer staff out, and we haven't had another RSV outbreak. I admit, most parents weren't happy with the new procedures. They miss work to care for their sick children, but I suggest to each family that they create a backup plan just in case. Some staff didn't like it either, but I reminded everyone that some respiratory illnesses like COVID and RSV can be deadly to children, and we have a responsibility to do what we can. One positive outcome of the pandemic? COVID has taught us that a culture of public health and self-care should be the new normal in every business. You've been listening to Medical Mystery Cases. If you enjoyed this production, click the subscribe button to be notified of future broadcasts. Also, tune in to On Medical Grounds for in-depth conversations on important medical topics. Medical mystery cases are developed in conjunction with leading medical and scientific experts. The patient profiles and information presented contain realistic scenarios, data, and outcomes, but are not taken from actual patients and should never serve as a substitute for professional medical advice. The cases are intended for healthcare professionals to gain insight into disease state diagnoses and treatments founded in evidence-based medicine.